Good morning and welcome to episode 285 of Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein of Hein News. Thank you for stopping by. Great to have you on board. Um, quite a quite a action-packed weekend of basketball. And uh, we're going to look at, uh, I guess, quite a bit of it. Um, a lot of it... Uh, national team stuff we'll we'll do with our interview of the week and then uh, i'm going to talk a little bit about the adidas next generation tournament which took place in belgrade uh, over the weekend uh but before we get to that let you know how you can get in contact with the show you can go to high news and uh highnews.com and you can check out the stuff there you can reach me at high news on twitter h-e-i-n-n-e-w-s the email address is high news at gmx.de you can go to the Facebook group, just put in the search bar, Taking the Charge Podcast, and we will let you come into the group. Just want to be there to welcome you at the door. And uh, what else? <laughs> um, you can go to Facebook. Uh, you can go to uh, uh, iTunes and rate and review the show. And then you can also become a patron of the show. Show, show the love of uh, an appreciation of the work that uh, we do here. Uh, patreon.com slash taking the charge and you can support the show there thank you to all the wonderful people uh who who who, um yeah who support the show it's uh unbelievably highly appreciated all right let's get into um let's get into the action uh so we can uh, uh get in and out of the week uh, it is a six-generation tournament, Belgrade. Um, the question, as it's been for the last seven years, is anybody going to beat Svezda and um, Serena Svezda, MTS Belgrade? And nobody did. And they are back in the uh, heading back to the Adidas six-generation tournament finals in in Belgrade this year. And and um, yeah, it really wasn't. Uh, they really weren't challenged um, that much this year and uh, even though i thought that they it was probably one of their you know one of their weaker teams you know there was uh you know a couple of guys um but they didn't really have as uh, much talent as as uh, as in the past actually this tournament was probably the from a from a level of high talent uh, it was probably the weakest of the four with the fewest number of, of really elite uh, high-level guys, and uh, we'll kind of go through some of those guys now. Um, but yeah, so Svezda went undefeated in their group, in their group, and uh, that was games against Spars, um, and then uh, Venice, Ryer Venice, and then uh, ended up beating beating Anadula Ephes. Um, they Anadula had been up, had been two and zero as well. Uh, but they beat them by 17, and then they beat Partizan in the final by 20, no, 31. So again, also not close. Um, let's 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 kind of go alphabetically. Uh, so let's start with Anadula Efes. Um, you know, a guy who actually I'm, I cannot wait to to, to watch uh, his development, and a guy that I guess really wasn't used at the under 16 European Championship. Um, but I can't imagine he's not used as a ma- integral part of the under under seventeen World Cup for Turkey. That's uh, Omarchan 
Ilasoglu, um, really a um, just a tremendous ball handler passer and needs to work a little bit on his shot a little bit, but um, you know just has a great understanding of the game. Uh, I really liked. You saw that uh, Mustafa Kotulagudum um, can really can really score. Um, is an intensive intense guy. Uh, isn't as big as as you'd kind of want for a um, for a higher level guy. And also two thousand one, but um, you know he put down. Well, I think he. What did he end up? I think he scored forty. Is that what he did? Uh, he ended up scoring forty one against Spars. Uh, just off the record, record of forty three. I was actually ready, to, ready to tweet that he had broken the record, but uh, ended up not getting it. Forty three is the record. Um. Other than that, you know, not really that many. You know that that much talent on this team, as far as you know, really, what I you know really stood out in my eyes. Um, you know, maybe Tariq Chizgon, um, you know, big long kid, but it uh, doesn't look like he's going to be able to shoot the ball much from the outside. It was really pretty ugly shot, um, but you know, that is something that you could work on. But he's got real, you know, some nice length and some nice. Um, athleticism uh but yeah uh let's move to sabona and um yeah i guess the main guy was the main guy coming in you thought it was going to be a um or it's going to be uh dino bistrovich uh but he really struggled shot only 23 percent from two-point range 20 percent from long range um luka sivanovich had a little bit more success but not really much not much talent on this team uh they did have bronco uh bronco uh, danko brankovic along uh i guess it's what's that six eleven six ten uh kid who still needs a little bit of work but um but uh shows some actually some nice talent um and but there is it's a very young team actually so you look they had they had one two three i think they had four no three 2002 kids and um leo manu uh, manalo long athletic uh kid with some some definite uh promise uh definitely a guy to watch out long range and uh unfortunately Rocco per uh, uh was sick and didn't end up coming to the tournament we're actually really looking forward to seeing him uh but um yeah not 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 loads of talent there uh although you have to like um you have to like the 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 potential alongside of uh Leo Menola so uh moving on to Svezda um you know we all saw Zoran Panovic last year and uh, you know, really using defense and and uh, you know just intensity and uh, you know decent offense and uh, you know he's he's totally um, really refined his offensive game and and you know just it looks so easy for the guy uh, not as big as you as you want maybe six three four uh, but uh, you know super intense and um, and but you know stoic and 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 calm and um but uh yeah just it was a it was a joy watching him 
Lazar Zavanovic, uh, another long kid, uh, 2001, so he's got a year uh, left in this competition. He'll probably take over a big leadership role next year. Bo same thing with Boyan uh, Tomasovic, Montenegrin. Uh, he played at the. Uh, he played. He helped uh, Montenegro to the to the uh, final of the U sixteen. Uh, I I still like Aryan uh, Lakic. Um, I thought he was actually going to do a little bit more. Um, just knowing that some of those you know ninety nines were gone, and he was going to be able to take a chance, uh, be able to have a chance, and and kind of do more um but uh still you know it's definitely uh a guy that i'm interested in following uh nemanja popovich um basically a 2001 is born on 20 uh december 29th 2001 basically 2002 um just lots of <laughs> lots of talent there just you know uh and he'll he was at the under 16s last year as well for for serbia and uh, I I have a feeling he's going to be a breakout guy in 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 uh, in Argentina. So yeah, a couple of guys, even even Velko Radakovic, uh, showed some showed some signs um, in this in this tournament. Not saying he's a long term can uh, um, prospect or anything, but uh, there was definitely some stuff there. Uh, moving on to GBA uh, Prague, um, really liked uh, Lubos Kavars. Uh, Kovars, uh, Czech Republic center, um, just really super hard worker and uh, efficient uh, around the basket, leadership guy, can hit a big shot. Um, Thomas uh, Mikaska, um, you know, he showed in um, what was the game? Um, I, uh, it was uh, the, the, the game for. What was that fifth place? Maybe it was for fifth place. And hang on one second. Uh, yeah, uh, fifth place. You know he shut down. He shut down the. Um, he shut down Venice's uh, Federico Miaski. Uh, held him to just nine points. Really frustrated him. And you know, but it was also a uh, it was also a, uh, ended up winning the the dunk contest. Uh, so just, uh, definitely got to watch, um, Tomas Pavel, Pav Pavelka, um, let's say probably seven, one, two fourteen meters, um, you know, wasn't able to do as much as, as you think he should, uh, just because doesn't have the stamina yet, uh, needs to come out of games, but, uh, it's talking to the coaches there and they love, they love him and they think he's going to be great in like two, three years. Um, so Tomas uh, Pavelka, uh, definitely a name to, to watch, uh, Mark, Mark, uh, Jackson, uh, Estonian 2000 born, uh, get to, uh, I think he'll going to be a major leader with the Estonian team this summer. Uh, another guy. And I, I actually, I like their, their, their point guard step on, uh, Borov Borovka, um, you know, pretty decent size and uh, didn't really score a lot, uh, but really, you know, really kept the, the team uh, in, you know, really kept the team going and uh, liked what I saw in him. Uh, Mega, uh, Mega, you know, they, they, they lost, they lost their, the big two and, 
uh, with uh, with Bidatse and, and Mishkovic uh, leaving. And this was a team that, um, you know, they I thought that they could, you know, were actually going to be a little bit worse, but they actually turned out not too bad. Um, I didn't know Luca Saravina ended up uh, making his way to the t- all-tournament team. Uh, Alexander Langovic, a uh, long, efficient guy. Um, well, Saravina, Saravina can do a lot of things. And um, I don't know how, how great the personality is, um, but, you know, definitely a, a kid who can ball for sure. Uh, Langovic is a uh, long, efficient uh, guy down low. Uh, can, uh, uh, you know, really doesn't doesn't do anything, you know, doesn't make mistakes. Shot 60, 76% from inside. Um, um basically 76% for the tournament. Um, and uh, 1.3 turnovers in 20 minutes. Uh, had a little bit of questions like on, on the, the rotations, you know, maybe just, you know, Saravina, I don't know how much coach really liked his, his attitude. And probably their best two guys otherwise were, were playing the same position with Mateja uh, Jovanovic, actually a guy who played last year with Partizan and uh Longovich. so you had those two guys kind of using the same spot and so they they were ever really able to to be on the court i think this team would have been better if igor Dravnik would have been there but he's been hurt kind of all year and was actually just close to was close to getting back into the team and ended up not coming back in time um but you know him and and and, and altan islamovich i was expecting more from out uh from islamovich but you know really wasn't able to do too much uh, Pavel Kuzmanovic, yeah, a little bit of athleticism there, and you know, but um, not really, not really enough to to, to make a difference. Uh, Partizan ended up getting to the final. Their main guy, obviously, was uh, Marco Pekarski, uh, who ended up uh, being on the all tournament team. Actually, signed a contract, professional contract, for four years. Uh, just a couple, I guess, yesterday, and. Um, so that was ending the hopes that uh, of Gonzaga that they might be able to get him uh, to go there. Um, you know, really not not loads of talent. Um, you know, they had a pretty you know pretty strong guard with with uh, uh, Stevan Karampancic. Um, but you know, not not really too much more to get excited about. Uh, it's kind of surprising that they ended up going to the final. Um, but you know, they, they ended up beating mega in the first game. It was an overtime game and, you know, it was a, it was a, that was pretty, that was one of the, one of the best games, uh, of the, of the tournament. And, um, and it pretty much decided who's going to be playing against, who's going to have the right to lose to Suezda in the final, um, moving to Spars, Spars, um, you know, Tariq Biberovic, main guy. Um. Yeah, loads of talent, and and um, I he definitely had a feel that 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 there wasn't a super connection with the team. Um, mainly plays for the the senior team. Um, but uh, you know, can uh, was playing for the for this team for this for this uh, team for this tournament. Two thousand one uh, is actually. Um, I guess on loan from from Fenerbahce, signed a long term deal with Fenerbahce. Um, Kanan Kamanyas, uh, physically, you know, already developed, and um, you know, he ended up going to the all tournament team. You know, put up uh, put up great numbers and actually a great performance. Uh, thir- you know, almost fourteen p- 
points, over 14 rebounds, more than three assists, two steals, and a, more than a block a game. Really good energy and, um, you know, really good, you know, court presence, but, um, you know, physically already developed, uh, probably one of the most physically developed guys uh, in the tournament and kind of used that to his advantage. And, you know, there is some talent there, but uh, it's not a high level, not the, not, 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 not there to, to get to the highest, to the next level, to the next highest level. Uh, and then, you know, probably Samir Karic, their, their little point guard, um, you know, eh, at times ran a decent show, but, you know, not, uh, not, uh, not necessarily something, nothing to write home about it, I guess. Uh, Umana Ryer, Venice. Uh, obviously, uh, Federico Miaski um, showed that he is an, an elite scorer. Um, had uh, games of uh, thirty-five and, and twenty-eight and ten, and uh, yeah, just a um, an elite scorer. And and it was kind of uh, kind of unfortunate that that there weren't loads of other weapons on this team because. Uh, because he was forced to kind of do way too much, although a little bit, you know, uh, you know, Leonardo Battistuti, Battistuzzi, um was a, a a nice athletic long kid that um, you know showed a little bit uh, that you definitely kind of have to watch him down the road, and um, yeah, Pos Posame maybe a little bit as well, um, the two thousand one born. Uh, and actually Ugolini, uh, Pietro uh, from San Marino, uh, kind of guy to watch hit the hit the game winner over. God, who did they beat? Uh, that was the game against against Spars. Yeah, that was the game against Spars. Um, uh, hit the game winner, game winning three at the buzzer. So yeah, that's the that's the teams. Uh, probably in about two weeks or so, we'll know who the who the four wild cards are. I mean, it's clear that one is already clear with with CFPB. Um, and then there'll be a host team, which I don't know, in my eyes it's Partizan, but we'll see. You know, maybe Mega. Um, but yeah, so in about two weeks we'll know what the other teams look like. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the interview of the week. There's a lot of national team stuff with the World Cup qualifiers this weekend. Um, didn't really have a chance to watch any, uh, but was following it. And uh, this this is an interview with mainly just the Europeans. Um, I guess maybe we can talk a little bit later. Um, not today, but maybe next week about the the Asian the other the other windows. But um, you know, obviously, just with European. Um, being so important. Uh, so this is the chat I had with uh, Igor Chukovic, uh, who is a uh, writer-editor with, with FIBA, and he's responsible for the live blog for, for FIBA.basketball during the during the uh, the European qualifiers. He's also responsible for the live blog and, and content as well for for the Basketball Champions League. So we do cover the Basketball Champions League this ep in this episode as well. Uh, you know, uh, so it's a double dose of, of European hoops uh, with Igor. Igor Cherkovich, uh, um, enjoy this, and we'll catch you on the other side. 
Okay, so on the show this week, we have uh, Igor Cherkovich, a writer-editor with FIBA, and he is sort of responsible for uh, writing, editing for FIBA, and also the live blogs for the Basketball Champions League. And the main reason why I wanted to get him on this week, the, let's see if I did this right, FIBA Basketball World Cup 2019 Europe, European Qualifiers. Igor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. Um, yeah, okay, so we are, uh, we are, I guess, uh, a third of the way through the qualifiers. Um, I'm, I'm not even counting. <laughs> I just live it by game day by game day. I don't even know yeah, when's the next one. There's six windows. Yeah, okay, so we've and done so, And we've two. done two of the windows, so... Yeah, we've done two thirds of the first round. Two That's how I'm counting. Two thirds of the first qualifiers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> two thirds of the first half. <laughs> two thirds of the first half. Very good. Very good. That's also the way you could say it. Um, and we're going to focus on on the the European side just because that's uh, what you what you worked on. Um, and I guess I guess let's just first start off with um, you know, you. you you know, there's been quite a few close games. There's been a couple of surprises here and there. Maybe, and let's focus on the second window uh, of the games in February. What do you think is going to be remembered most from this window? Hmm. Well, since I am in Croatia, I'm a bit biased, and I'm not afraid to say it, so I'm going to say that Croatia keeps shooting themselves in the foot because losing at home to Romania is something that didn't end well over here in Croatia. A lot of people watch the games, a lot of people are disappointed, don't know what's going on with the team, what's going on with the federation. Nobody expected us to go from, you know, being like quarterfinalists at the Olympics in Rio and just less than two years later we're struggling. We're Basically we were on the brink of being the first team to be eliminated from the European qualifiers because if Romania had defeated Italy on Monday, then Croatia would have ended their quest already now after just two windows. And it's really a shame and it's hard to explain to anybody outside it, outside of Croatia. And the other thing that really stuck with me is the way that Belarus played because they played a close game against Spain then repeated their excellent performance a couple of days later and defeated the European champs, Slovenia. So those are the two biggest things for me personally about this uh, February window, you know. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Croatia and, uh, you know, they, they ended up beating Netherlands, but they're not through the woods yet because they also, they ended up losing the tiebreaker with Netherlands. All right, so you're going to most likely... I, I guess I don't even know if most likely is the right thing to say. You could, let's say you could get your NBA, uh, I guess mainly NBA, but I guess we'll have to qualify it to your league uh, players in there as well. Um, how much How much hope is there for this, uh, for this I mean, Croatian team? 
that's that's the thing. Everybody who follows basketball in Croatia kept waiting. You know, let's just stick through these first two windows and see what happens in June, July when we have NBA players available because we don't depend that much on Euroleague. We have like two players who are able to contribute. Basically, one of them now with Kruno Simon and Ante Tomic hasn't played for the national team in a couple of years. Leon Radošević never played for Croatia. Damian Rudež is no longer a part of the Euroleague and I don't think he could even help us. So Euroleague isn't that big of a problem for Croatia, but the NBA has the top stars of Croatia with Bogdanovic, with Šaric, uh, Hezonja, uh, youngsters like Bender, Zubac, uh, Žižić. You know, when you have those six guys, that's a team that could beat anybody in this world. But the troubling part is that there is no middle class. It's, you're either elite or you don't exist in Croatia. And if we do have those NBA players and everything lines up perfectly in the June-July window, they could end 3-3, three and three, carry over three wins because you carry all, all of the wins to the next round, all of the results to the next round. And still that wouldn't be a good position to be in in the second round because you're going to Lithuania, Hungary and Poland in the next round. So it doesn't look promising, not you're at all. Kosovo, huh? you Kosovo? <laughs> I don't think they can catch anybody anymore. I mean, I love it because I don't know if we've watched any games of Kosovo at home, but that's a crazy house there. It's really amazing, really amazing. Um, Okay, so, I mean, Zubac really hasn't played much. You know, Zizic is, is starting to get a little bit more. Um, you know, have those, have those guys really, have they expressed commitment to play in June and July, though, those NBA Croatians? Uh, it's tough with them because they actually never participated in any senior national team events. Only Bender has played in the Eurobasket, and I don't think that Bender will be a problem. He should be a lock. But, I mean, the other guys as well, I mean, even like Saric and Bogdanovic and, and his own, his own yeah. they've all said they're going to be on board? I don't think Saric is a problem when Croatia comes yeah. to, you know, he's just kind of... Saric, I, I don't see a problem, but, but like yeah. Bogdanovic and, and Hezonja? Bogdanovic, not sure what his contract situation, but I think he signed the two-year deal with Indiana last summer, so he should be okay free agency-wise. Hezonja is a bit troubling because he's a unique individual and most people from Dubrovnik are. <laughs> and uh, you never know what's going on with him. And he'll be in a tough situation. I don't think we can count on, count on him because he'll be a free agent in the summer. The Magic don't want to extend his contract and he'll be fighting for his NBA career. I don't think that he could afford playing for Croatia with that situation. Um, maybe for in my eyes, probably the biggest game of of this window um, was Germany uh, at home against Serbia. Uh, if nothing else, just for the fact that you had two oh and two uh, two and zero teams, the only the only group that had two undefeated teams, and the fact that Germany was able to beat Serbia at home, you know, had a, had a late you know fourth quarter run uh, to 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 gain momentum. Uh, kind of looking at that game in, in particular, obviously both teams, you can't just say one side or the other, both teams were missing uh, quite a few players. Um, 
who who takes more from that game? You know, Serbia. Okay, we just lost. Or Germany. All right, we we ended up beating this team, uh, who's at least by name, you know, the runners up in the in the Olympics, World Cup, uh, Euro Euro basket, and and actually World Cup as well. Uh, so, which of the teams do you think takes more out of that that game? I'm gonna go with Germany because they got the win. They've done it against a coach that is dominating their domestic championship in Alexander Djordjevic because he hasn't, I think he lost like one or two games all season long with Bayern Munich. So I think it was an important win for them, especially with the sellout crowd in Frankfurt and the youngster Isaiah Hartenstein playing a great game. And I mean, they could get a lot more than just a win. From that result because the confidence is now sky high with Germany they needed something like this after a successful Eurobasket campaign whilst Serbia I don't think they I don't think they're upset all that upset about losing away to Germany the most important thing for them was that uh, Avramovic knocked down a late three-pointer against Austria, mm-hmm. also away from home, and they haven't they dodged the bullet right there. So I think they were counting on going one of two from this window because it was two tough away games for them. Um, I don't have to tell you about the traveling in Europe these days with the winter kind of conditions and sure wasn't easy to get to Germany and then to Austria for the Serbian national team and they have done a fine job to get away with one win. Alright, I'm going to give you the, the the eight last place teams, currently last place. So there's Belarus 1-3 and three in Group A, Sweden 1-3 and three in Group uh, B, uh, C, Kosovo 0-4, oh Croatia 1-3, and three. Uh, Belgium 0 and 4, Bulgaria 1 and 3, Austria 0 and 4, and GB 0 and 4. Let's I have two questions on these guys. Which team is in the best position to advance, and which team is almost close to being screwed? Well, I should I should say that Kosovo are almost certainly out. Well, not just because they are 0-4, but because they have a tough group with Lithuania and uh, Poland and Hungary, three magnificent teams, three teams with great atmospheres in their camps. So I don't think they will do anything bad to endanger their, their runs in the June-July window. Uh, the closest for me really is Sweden, because that group has... Ukraine at the top at three and one. Uh, then Latvia and Turkey are stuck at two and two, and Sweden is just one bin, one win behind the, those two. So they did defeat Turkey at home. It was a big game for them. It was a record crowd in Stockholm, and I believe that they could do even a bit more because Ukraine have done an amazing job in this window and. They were just too strong for Latvia and Sweden, but Sweden played some good basketball and they have some weapons over there that could do the damage in June, July. Um, GB? I do not understand how they ended up being 0-4, really, because they could have been 4-0 easily. I mean, okay, there was the buzzer beater uh, sending the game to overtime against against the Greeks. Um, and then losing 
to Estonia a close game and losing to Israel a close game just it's amazing that and once again against Greece it was a one possession game with 20 seconds to go so they could have done I, I mean they really could have been a 4-0 team um, if you're if you're a team in this in this in this in this competition um, where would you rather not play Estonia or or Belarus I'd much rather not play in Belarus because that's a tough team and it's always cold out there and now that they've got Devon Sadler to run the point for them they're a much more dangerous team and Maxim Salas played excellent against Slovenia he's a youngster he's a tall guy he can shoot he can rebound has a lot of energy and is a fan favorite over there so I'd much rather avoid playing uh, Belarus than Estonia Estonia have a nice team but if they're not shooting from outside at a high percentage, you know, it's just like a one-trick pony. They they either shoot you out or they miss everything. Um, maybe we haven't really talked much about Group E. Uh, that's Russia. Uh, that's France at four and zero, and then two and two and two are Russia and uh, Russia and uh, Bosnia, and then at zero and four is Belgium. Maybe your thoughts about, you know, this, in my eyes, this was probably one of the toughest groups um, going into the whole thing. You know, obviously you have a, even a fourth place team right now, currently fourth place team like Belgium, who's obviously done some great things, obviously missing a few players here and there, of course. Um, but you, know, you look at uh, Russia and, and Bosnia, Russia took care of business at home and, and, and ended up getting the, the home court or the tiebreaker. Uh, just thoughts in general about this, about this group. Um, it's the best group when it comes to quality of basketball because each game has been like really good and uh, if you just take a look at the game that Bosnia played against Belgium uh, in Sarajevo the crowd was amazing uh, you know, the players were out dueling each other Oba Sohan played good for Belgium uh, Quentin Seron played an excellent game and then you had Nemanja Gordić stepping up for Bosnia and of course the youngster Janan Musa. You cannot discuss Bosnia without mentioning him. He's growing to be a leader and everything he does, every single move that he makes on the court gets the crowd going. So he's the most important part they have right there and he's the reason why they are 2-2 two and two and not 0-4. Oh they could have been 0-4 oh oh reasonably because both of those games at home against Belgium and Russia were close games and they won it late in the game. Uh, let, let's look ahead. I don't know. <laughs> the, end, the window just ended for you yesterday and uh, and I'm sure you don't want to think too much about the next window already, but I don't know if you've looked ahead to the next window at all. Um, maybe some of the, the games that you think are going to be the most... Uh, the most important ones in in the uh, in these groups. Um, again, I'm going with my homeland and <laughs> the point of interest because Italy against Croatia will be huge because it will be a game in Italy. It will feature a lot of NBA players, and Both there sides. will yeah, and there will be a point of interest for Italy because the last time they met Croatia 
in Italy was in the Olympic qualifying tournament yeah, in Turin. Croatia won to, to go to the Olympics, right? Yeah, and then that's a big deal, you know, when you're a sports person, you always remember the last game against some opponent. And then it becomes a matter of like added motive, a, a matter of not just wanting to beat the opponent, but having a little extra to it, to that rivalry. And that's why I'm looking forward to see how Italians will behave against Croatia. And looking forward to also seeing uh, Amedeo Della Valle play with the top guys in Italy because the way he's playing this season is amazing. He, he became a genuine scorer and he can get you 20 plus points each night. So that will be like the biggest game for me. I don't know about the other games like Slovenia against Spain should be good and Group A. You think, that'll, you think that'll be, I mean, because at least some of the NBA guys who played at the uh, NBA EuroLeague guys who played at the Eurobasket the, in the uh, in the court in the semifinals where Slovenia beat them by twenty. Um, do yeah. you do you you know you think that'll be a uh, uh, you know a, a good game? I mean, Spain have have you know taken you know sort of taken the the the, the lead in the group at four and zero, and then Slovenia is at two and two. Um, yeah, that's, that's the thing. This defeat to Belarus has done a lot of damage to Slovenia because you carry over all of the results. So no matter what happens to Belarus, they still lost the game. They they are two points off in their quest in the second round. So they will have to defeat Spain at home. And once again, going back into that last matchup that you keep remembering, Spain will be the one that wants to do the damage to Slovenia. So it should be a mind-blowing game. It should be a packed house and Stožice in Ljubljana and should be like the best game probably of the qualifiers when it comes to quality of basketball. I don't think you're too far off on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you're responsible also for the, for the live blog. Um, maybe... When you for for people who who you know for people who haven't and people who haven't whatever um, you know what is what is uh, what do you get the most out of when you do the live blog and 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 you know this is this is something that people has done now for the last uh, what two years now three years two or three years now uh, two years now and and um, you know this is the this is the the main source of of live live you know you know storytelling if you will um how do you how do you see this this form of of let's call it reporting because it, it is kind of like that what do you what do you what do you think and what do you like about this this whole process of the live blog i mean i take a lot of pride in it because that's something that i really enjoy doing and i think that i'm good at doing stuff like that it's sort of like a second screen thing that you could follow while you're watching the games, while you're following the live scores, the live stats, just gives you a little bit something to think about during the game, whether it's reading basketball plays or doing weird sorts of gifts or puns or something like that, just to keep you entertained because that's what sports are supposed to do to the audience. And the thing is, like, when you have 16 games, then like I did on Friday, 
you really do not know who's playing who anymore. <laughs> and once you get home, I mean, I have a lot of trouble sleeping after those kind of game days because your body is exhausted, but your mind is still on overdrive. You're still thinking 500 kilometers per hour and you don't know how to calm yourself down. So I just tune in, watch some more basketball <laughs> and get relaxed. <laughs> the hair of the dog, right? Just take the drink in the morning afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah, but, but I think it's a good source for all the other channels for FIBA because they get a lot of uh, social media things to draw out of the live blog. Uh, they get a lot of ideas what to do with the features, what to do with the game reports, uh, who is the player that we should focus the most, uh, who made most shots and stuff like that. I mean, I take a lot of preparation to do stuff like that. Like when I'm doing a game day for Basketball Champions League, I usually start the day by going over all sorts of numbers, like previous matchups, uh, who were the best scorers, uh, how has one team performed domestically, is there a team on the run like Chess Nimburg War when they had 17 game winning streaks. You need to have all sorts of information that could be interesting for someone who's reading it. And it could lead to somebody else doing a story domestically, like some Czech journalist doing a story about their team. Why not? Um, speaking of, of Champions League, um, since since you're the live blog man and, and you, know, you, 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 do, you do stuff for the for them, um, why don't we for first, you know, there's, there's so much basketball right now. You know, also international club competition basketball right now, with uh, four major club competitions uh, besides the domestic leagues. So for those who maybe haven't really been, let's say, caught up or haven't really been following the the, the basketball Champions League, we we are through the uh, the group stage, the regular season. We're into the playoffs now. So round of sixteen. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you the matchups because I, I think you you know. So so round of sixteen you have Monaco against uh um uh Cigarona, uh Banvit, Nanterre, Tenerife, Murcia, uh Kashiaka, um Peok, uh, Strasbourg, Neptunas, Nimburg, Ike, uh Besiktas, Bayreuth, uh and then Ludwigsburg, Oldenburg. Um I mean uh, Monaco, you have as a as a team that's only lost one game in the in the in the competition so far, um, and and then you have two domestic uh, showdowns with Tenerife, Murcia, and also the German battle between Oldenburg and uh, I guess Ludwigsburg, Oldenburg. Maybe what are some of the matchups that you think people really kind of need to watch? who, like I said, haven't followed the regular season, um, but are thinking about uh, of getting into the Champions League now at the at the round of 16 stage. Um, so let's start with Monaco. They have lost only one game all season long. Uh, coach Zvezda Mitrovic is from Montenegro. He's done an amazing job. He has been doing it for two seasons in a row now because like 90% of his team is different compared to last season. And he was able to construct another great generation and they play really effective basketball with high pressure, a lot of energy, a lot of dunking. That's what 
when I was talking to him, he said he wanted to do in Monaco because you know that people who are living in Monte Carlo are not really basketball fans. <laughs> so he wanted to offer them a different kind of basketball, showtime basketball with a lot of three-point shooting and high energy. And he has been doing that successfully for the past two seasons. And I'd recommend watching Monaco play anybody. And with Zielona Gora, they have done a coaching change. They went back to uh, Urlep, who's a Slovenian, but has been in Poland for a number of years. And once they've done that coaching change, they've lost only one game. So that's like in the coaching change was in late December. So that could be a much more closer matchup than it appears on paper. And the ones that you mentioned, like Tenerife and Ludwigsburg have been playing excellent basketball from the start of the season, but the toughest draw for them is playing against the domestic rivals because they know a bit more. Tenerife lost to Marcia not that, not that long ago in the Spanish league. And you know, when Ludwigsburg are playing Oldenburg, the Battle of Burgs, <laughs> I really do not know who to call, you know. I cannot bet against Ricky Paulding or guys in Oldenburg. It could be a really close game and I love watching German teams because their stands are usually packed and the atmosphere is going great and the coaches are excellent. You have John Patrick, you have Raul Corner at Medi Bayreuth who has done a sublime job and, you know, it's just with Coach Driencic, of course. It's, you know, good coach. There was so well coached, a lot to read if you're a basketball tactics fanatic, a lot of trick plays and a lot, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, Bayreuth is taking on Besiktas uh, and the winner of that will face a German team. Do you, do you foresee a German... Uh, quarterfinal, or do you think Pashiktas will will ruin the German party? I don't. I don't know. I don't know because um, you know Bayreuth do not have a home court advantage against Besiktas. Every time Besiktas play in Germany, it's five thousand of them. Yeah, so you know you kind of lose a bit of an edge there, but it's gonna be a close contest because I really like what I saw in Bayreuth. They have a couple of. Excellent guys in uh, Gabe York, the shooting guard, and Asem Murray, the Egyptian center who has the most amazing footwork you've seen by a big guy in a while. And do you think we'll have a French uh, quarterfinal that Nanterre get by Banvit and, and Monaco continue their run? Um, not sure that Nanterre would go by Banvit uh, because Banvit are a team that is like right now peaking in its uh, form. They've been on a nice little winning run in Turkish league, got into a playoff position, which was the most important thing for them. And uh, coach uh, Sasha Filipovski is doing a great job. And I really think that Banvit could be the final four contestant. Once again, they were, they played the final last season uh, against Tenerife in Tenerife and nobody's gonna win there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a different kind of atmosphere, different kind of climate, if you want, if you will. And out there in like three hours away, flying from Spain and from mainland, it's a whole different continent, and it's tough to adjust to that sort of thing which is why Tenerife will have trouble against Murcia because Murcia know what to do in such conditions in the playoffs and Banvit have a good draw. I think they could go deep. I think they could repeat the last season success. 
if you had, if, if, um, we don't condone betting on this show, but if you had to tell somebody to put money on a team to win this thing, well, who would you say? And, and, uh, I would say, and this might come as a surprise, I would say put your money on Strasbourg because uh, they had a lot of changes since the start of the season and haven't really peaked uh, yet. They won the group, the closest group of them all. Uh, they're playing better basketball in French league and uh, they keep adding parts. They added Miro Bilan, Croatian center. They added D. Bost, the point guard. They paired them up with Zach Wright uh, to do the backcourt duties like they've done in Monaco last season. So let them grow a bit in chemistry and it could lead to big stuff. I really believe that they could go all the way. And you like that road, Neptunas, and then either Nimberg or Ike, and then at that point you're in the semifinals, you're in the final four, and it's just one game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they hosted the final four because they have a really nice gym, they have great fans, it's a big city, and everybody enjoys basketball over there. Uh, Give us, give us maybe one or two guys from the league who you just totally enjoy watching, and, and everybody really should take their time out and watch these guys. Uh, I'm gonna go with Gabe York from Bayreuth. He's a shooting guard, can do a lot of stuff. Played for the Los Angeles Lakers development team last season, I believe. And even in G League, he had games of 30 plus points. I think he scored 40 in some some games. And he's really explosive, can, he can dunk the ball, even though he's not the biggest guy. Uh, his shot is so amazing, it, it, it takes him like a blink of an eye and he's gone, he's shooting and he releases the ball so high that it's, it's just a joy to watch. And finally, he cut off the weird little man bun he had on his head, so he looks like a basketball player and I can enjoy it fully now. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, uh, Igor, tell people how they can uh, follow you. Obviously, they they can follow you on the the on the Basketball Champions League live blog, and and also then the FIBO uh, European the World Cup European qualifiers live blog. But uh, in general, social media, how they how people can follow you. Uh, well, since I'm living in Croatia, we're still like a third world country and we do a lot more Facebook than Twitter because uh, you cannot put 20,000 photos of your wedding on Twitter or your, uh, I don't know, baby shower or stuff like that or your cousin's wedding. So <laughs> we still do a lot of Facebook. So I'm active on Facebook. My profile is open. Anybody can follow me on Facebook and I'm new to Twitter, but I'm starting to use it a bit. Uh, it's easy to follow me. It's just uh, at Igor Churkovic or C U R K O V I C. All right, fantastic, Igor. Thank you very much. Uh, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Quote, relaxing now a little bit. Uh, you do have a couple of days before the Champions League uh, tips back off, and uh, and then uh, and then you have another. you have you have uh, months now until FIBA, until until European qualifiers come back up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Do it all the time. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, man. I'm going to do a lot of podcasting. That's it. <laughs> All right, Igor. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. Fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, if you uh, if you are following the Champions League, that is uh, Igor who runs the blog. 
the live blog. And uh, if you then, which you can go to any time and go back and, and read and, and follow. Uh, same thing with the live blog from the uh, from the the European qualifiers. Each of the each of the continental qualifiers are all they all have their own blog, so you can go back and check those out. So, uh, yeah. So that's the show this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you uh, um, if you uh, want to support the show again, go to patreon.com and slash taking the charge, and you can do that. Last thing, need to let you know is what you're going to be listening to. The song's called Deep River Blues, and it's by Janet Bean. It's available on freemusicarchive.org. Enjoy it. Enjoy the next week of hopes, and we'll talk to you in a week's time. My name is Patrick Komnenos, I'm the CEO of uh, the Basketball Champions League and you're listening to Taking the Charge.